right after school, I got a position with the Martha Stewart show. And she had been, you know, someone that I had looked up to for a very long time. I would read cookbooks like novels when I was a kid. At night, I would take them on vacation with me and just be like reading mm -hmm. a cookbook, like in a hotel room. And my <laughs> brother would be like, there's no kitchen. Like, what are you doing taking that book? Welcome to the Moms Who Create podcast. I'm Kelly Heil, a mom, author, and artist, and I'm on a mission to celebrate and empower you. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, I'm sharing my insights and resources, diving into the stories of amazing writers, artists, and entrepreneurs, and helping you rewrite the narrative of balancing motherhood with your creative journey. Grab your coffee, a notebook, and let's get started. This is the Moms Who Create podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Moms Who Create podcast. So if you've ever been on TikTok, I'm sure you've heard of today's guest. Kat Ashmore is the chef, recipe developer, and digital creator behind Cat Can Cook. Before becoming a TikTok food sensation with almost 3 million followers, Kat graduated from the award-winning Institute of Culinary Education in New York City. She then went on to work for Martha Stewart, developing recipes and producing cooking segments on the eight-time Emmy award-winning The Martha Stewart Show, as well as developing recipes for Indigo, the largest book retailer in Canada. Kat's known for her skillful ability to incorporate clever food hacks and tips into fun, simple, and delicious recipes that just happen to be healthy too. She's also known for her real-life, authentic, unfussy approach and relatability, which has created a community of highly engaged, enthusiastic home cooks. And when I say enthusiastic, she has over 21 million likes on TikTok, and she has these really amazing like salad recipes that she does that people do like Friday like cat salads. Like it's a sensation and she's really incredible and she's a mom. So I am excited for you to hear her story today. I am so ridiculously excited to chat with you today, Kat. So just first and foremost, thank you so much for joining me here on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Kelly. I'm excited to be here. Okay. So today I just want to dive into your story. You've done some pretty incredible things. I want to talk about your brand new debut cookbook, Big Bites. I know people can't see me holding it up, but I'm holding it up right now. Also how you balance this like amazing life career that you've made with motherhood because you're also a mom. So with that said, let's start out with what led you into becoming not only a chef, producer, creator, and also now an author. So tell us about your journey up to now. You know, my journey was not necessarily a linear one. And I think that's often the case for creatives mm -hmm. where, and it's becoming more and more common now to have multiple careers in a lifetime. You know, my parents were both teachers for the entirety of their career. That is less common now, right. um, which I think is really good news for us as moms, because it's never too late to reinvent yourself, to have a second act, a third act, a fourth act. I went to culinary school in my late 20s. I was about 28 years old. So I had worked in marketing after college and it wasn't something that I knew that I wanted to do in part because I didn't really know what a career would look like in food if I wasn't working in a restaurant. And I didn't want to work in a restaurant. I didn't want to own a restaurant that wasn't a lifestyle that I felt like would gel very well with my particular chemistry. Yeah. Um, having, you know, weighted tables and bartended and things like that. I just, I'm not someone who 
really loves all of the pressure and the aggression. And Mm -hmm. some people thrive in that scenario. That's just not me. So I went to culinary school when I was 28 after having worked in marketing for a luxury real estate firm who was having this open house at like a $40 million property on the water and the caterer pulled out last minute. And one of the brokers was like, this is crazy, but like you bring in all of these great like treats and baked goods and snacks and stuff to the office. Do you think there's any way you could make food for this? And I was like, yeah, which is what I do. I say, yes, I figure it out later. I've kind of always been that way. I act pretty quickly. I'm not so afraid of the unknown, which has served me very well in my career and in my life, I think. Um, And so I made a bunch of food for this. I developed a little menu. Everyone loved the food. So I did it a few more times. And I remember thinking to myself, like, I enjoy this a lot more than my actual job that I'm getting paid for. Like, maybe that's something I need to pay attention to. So I took a look. We went and toward a couple of different culinary schools. I ended up going to the Institute of Culinary Education in Manhattan. And right after school, I got a position in externship, which is how they ended the schooling um, at that particular school with the Martha Stewart show. And she had been, you know, someone that I had looked up to for a very long time. I would read cookbooks like novels when I was a kid at night, I would take them on vacation with me and just be like reading mm-hmm. a cookbook, like in a hotel room. And my <laughs> brother would be like, there's no kitchen. Like, what are you doing taking that book? But it was, you know, there's stories and it was a play. I loved to escape to places like that yeah. and through, and through food and bringing people together and the stories around food. So that was really surreal for me, you know, working on the Martha show, I was a part of the production the food producer team where we produced all of the cooking segments. I did some on-air work with her um, for live TV and uh, you know, everything from like script writing to, you know, topic selection to coordinating with the celebrities or the chefs to, you know, the actual management of the segment on TV. Yeah. So that, that was really like my big break, I guess, in a lot of ways, but it didn't, as I said, it it wasn't a linear path for me because I continued on with my career. And then, you know, fast forward to 2015, I get married and I'm pregnant at the end of the year. And, you know, having moved to the suburbs in Connecticut, I was faced with a choice that really didn't feel like a choice. And I think a lot of mothers go through this where your husband is the primary breadwinner and you are looking at the cost of childcare if you take a position locally or for me to be able to actually still make money after childcare, I would need to commute into New York. That's where my career is essentially. And then neither of us would ever see our kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So while in some ways it was a choice and we have the luxury for us to be able to say, I'm going to stay at home, you know, with my son and soon to be daughter. 
um, it didn't necessarily feel like a choice. It was just kind of like, yeah, I mean, I, this is what we have to do, I guess. So I was home for three years. My kids were one in three in 2020. And Truthfully, I was pretty rubbish at being a stay-at-home mom. I wasn't very good at it. I was not happy. My son was very colicky when he was a newborn, which was very challenging, you Mm -hmm. know, experience postpartum, the whole thing. It was very isolating. And I think when you're a creative, you can, it's like having a new puppy in the house. Like you have to exercise it or it's going to cause you a lot of trouble. Mm -hmm. And after a while, it was like, I need to be, I need to do something with this. Like I'm really unhappy. And then I had an opportunity to join a program that TikTok was doing. They were just starting out in summer 2020, working on rebranding their image Mm -hmm. um, away from just this app where kids danced. And you know, focusing more on the educational content and getting some skilled creators to deliver that to people at home. We were all home, if you remember what happened in 2020. Uh, So I, again, said yes, figured it out later. And that was really when this next act of my life began. That's wild. You have, I noted down, like over 2 million followers on TikTok and 21 0.6 0.6 million likes as of this morning. <laughs> like that's, that's wild. Is that wild to you? Like, is it like a surreal thing? Like, do you realize that many people are watching what you do and not just watching what you do, but like making your recipes probably at least yeah. like every day you have somewhere, somebody somewhere in the world making your recipes. Like that's got to just feel so, I don't even know what the word would be for it. It just got to feel so surreal. It is. It is. And I think sometimes you can get detached from that. Like the fact that like, that's a number of actual people, like there are all of those people. And then I'll go somewhere, you know, that'll be like another country or another state. And someone comes up to me and recognizes me. And I'm like, Oh, like there are people in other countries that know. And I get messages from people. I mean, this woman in Brazil who said that they have like hungry lady salad Fridays at her work where someone like makes a hungry lady salad each, each Friday. And they all have lunch and share it. And, you know, this woman in New Zealand who said that her father is her like 62 year old father was going on a fishing trip with the guys and made one of my hungry lady salads to bring. (laughs) And I was like, that is my favorite thing ever. Like that is my favorite thing ever. Just like picturing all of these like salty guys, like (laughs) eating a hungry lady salad on their fishing trip. (laughs) The best thing. I love that it came from your heart. I mean, being like younger, reading cookbooks as novels, you know? Yeah. Most kids don't do that. I don't ever remember looking at a cook, maybe like a Betty Crocker one to hand to my mom, but I don't ever remember looking at a cookbook when I was younger and being like, Oh, this is interesting. You know, cause that just wasn't my thing, but to see how you started, especially like Martha Stewart once reading her cookbooks in magazines and stuff like novels to going to working for her now having your own that maybe another kid will pick up and be like, read it like yeah. a novel, you know, yeah. continuing that story. It's really the kind of thing where I know that this is what I'm meant to be doing because mm-hmm. as much as I work, 
and I, you know, I work harder and longer hours. And I say that in quotations than I ever have. It's, it feels effortless sometimes too, Mm -hmm. because it's really just an extension of myself. And I think that people feel that. So tell us about your cookbook. It's called Big Bites. It comes out very, very soon. I was reading like the introduction to it and it can, <laughs> I sound so corny, but I'm like, it comes from your heart. It really does everything you were saying about it. And, it. and I was looking through all these recipes. I just got this yesterday, so I haven't made anything, but I'm making a mm-hmm. list of all the, all the recipes I want to make. They're incredible. So just tell us about, did you have a moment where it was like, okay, I'm going to do this. going to make mm-hmm. a cookbook. It's going to be my thing. Like, tell us about that. It was really when the hungry lady salads series was launched, which is like the most popular series I've ever done. And what, you know, people kind of went and still are going crazy for that series. Um, I had opportunities to write a cookbook a few times in the past, but it it always felt like, do, do people really need a cookbook from me? It, it, It was really out of immense appreciation and respect for the cookbook industry the cookbook authors and chefs that came before me that I was just thinking it's it there with so many fabulous cookbook cookbooks already out there. Why do people need mine? And if I couldn't answer that question, I didn't want to write a book. I didn't want to write it just for the sake of writing one. So when I launched the hungry lady salad series, you know, I did that because I found myself in 2022, it was early January and everybody's in the new year, new you haze. And I'm just kind of thinking to myself, you know, where does someone like me go? If I don't know, if I'm not me, and if I don't know how to cook or don't have a lot of, or just want recipe inspiration, which I certainly still do, where does someone like me go? If they're not Like if you're paleo, you can go to these creators, these bloggers, these places, these resources. If you're vegan, you can go here. But what about all of the people that just like want to eat better? You know, they aren't slotted into a particular box, but just like want to feel better and want want to learn how to cook with more whole foods and like still want to have Doritos if they want to have Doritos, like want to find that space. And I didn't see a lot of places. And so I was like, I feel like this is my space. I I fell in that category, you know, the category of like, oh, I want my Doritos, but then I'll yeah. be like, okay, eat better, Kelly. And then I look at cookbooks everywhere and I'm like, well, am I just going to go vegan and like hyper fixate on that? Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. you know, do I, okay, here's like you said, like the paleo, like all of, they're really, it's really hard to find something like this where it's like, hey, just eat healthy. And these are really good recipes. You know, it's right. not super strict here or there. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely the intention. I mean, it's certainly being true to classic techniques and what mm-hmm. I know works because of my background. And it's a lot of stuff that is very familiar, just made in a new, more mm-hmm. modern, more maybe sophisticated or fun or health conscious way. And I mean, there's a meat, a meatloaf recipe in there, right? Like there's a, but it's a meatloaf with like caramelized onions and horseradish and like less fat in it. So there's lots of flavor and stuff going on that really kind of makes it even dinner party worthy, but it's no more work. And there's like the chimichurri meatballs, right? So it's like 
stuff that people know. And then it's like, oh, and now I learned to make this like fresh, delicious herb sauce that we're putting into the meatballs and we're serving with it. I could also freeze these for future dinner. And now I know how to make this herb sauce that I can like toss with potatoes too, or like have with eggs, like just little teachable moments within any recipe is really important to me talking a little bit about the why and looking at like the baked goods in particular, which I love to bake. And I like to make sure that I'm keeping the integrity of the recipe. Like these, some of these baked goods do have butter or granulated sugar, because those are the best ingredients for that recipe, for the result that I'm after. But I'm going to be looking at how much sugar does it actually need? Yeah. Right. Like how much butter does it actually need? Can I get that result with less butter and doing this instead? You know, so I'm always looking at that. I'm always scaling the recipe back and seeing kind of how far I can push it. It reminds me of times that I've Googled, <clears throat> like if I wanted to we'll just use meatloaf, for example. I'm like, okay, I want to make meatloaf tonight. And then I'll just Google it, like meatloaf recipe. And then after that, I put healthy. Yeah. <laughs> like I'll put yeah. in, I'll yeah. put in like a normal recipe or like a comfort recipe. And then after I'll put healthy and then search yeah. that. Right. It's like, I feel like it's right. essentially like that, you That's know. That's it. Yeah. But, also but without levels, any like weird ingredients too, where yeah. it's like, can you be like, oh, it's meatloaf, but it's actually like not made with anything that's even resembling meat. And it's like right. barely shaped into a loaf. And, you know, <laughs> it's like, I don't want to completely make it something else and pretend that it's that thing. You know, mm -hmm. I'm a pretty classic cook at my core, classically trained. So I want to stay true to that. Like what, what feels familiar and nostalgic and it's going to be reliable and it's going to work every time. It also helps that it helps us not to be making multiple meals every day for our family, which I am always trying to share recipes that I make for my family that everybody can eat. It doesn't mean that my kid eats every single thing on the plate, but you know, I pair it with like a safe food or two that I know they're going to eat and we can all eat the same protein. Maybe they have a different vegetable. Maybe they have cut up carrots instead of whatever spinach, but yeah. you know, the bulk of the meal, the bulk of the work is going to be for everyone. You're not a short order cook. And it is just a gorgeous cookbook. Yeah. It's one that Thank I want you. to, you know, when you like set out cookbooks just because they look nice too. This is one that I have out in my kitchen already. Thank you. So. That, that really means a lot. Love it. I love it, Kat. So, wow. Thank you for telling us about your story, your cookbook, everything. You've had such a fantastic life already. It's amazing. Like congratulations on the cookbook too coming out. Um, in the show notes, I'll have links to like your social media and TikTok, even though they're probably already following you. <laughs> um, so people can go there and check you out. Now, before we wrap up, I always like to give some sort of advice for moms listening. It can be for all different aspects of their life, but some sort of advice to give them, whether you want to start something new or just continue on in motherhood. You have a really relatable approach when it comes to like talking to your followers and people online. So if you were just to give one piece of motherly advice to my listeners for like any aspect of their lives, what would you say? I would say that there's no right time and that the time comes and you make it right. Because I think so many of us feel like we have all of these obstacles and all of these challenges and all of them are very real. So it's not to diminish that at all, but I think you are better off 
starting a new habit or starting a new venture when circumstances are against you rather than when circumstances are for you because your commitment to that venture is going to be even stronger. If you wait until circumstances are ideal outside of you to start something, number one, it may never start, but number two, if it does, your commitment to that venture is going to be based on external circumstances being in your favor, mm-hmm. which is not always going to be the case. So it's the kind of thing like start something on your worst day, you know, like plan something and get used to operating when circumstances are really hard so that when things do free up, when your kids get older, when whatever it is, it feels like it's getting in your way. When that does free up, it's going to feel like even easier to do what you've already started. Going off that real quick, my daughter, I don't know why it's reminding me. She always saves her stickers and she's like, I don't ever want to use it because I don't want it to go away. Like, I know there's... Mm she's waiting for that perfect time to use her stickers. Like she has a whole stack. And I'm like, babe, when I was your age, I had a ton of Lisa Frank stickers and I never wanted to use them. I wanted to save them for that perfect time. And I was like, I don't even know where they are. I probably end up throwing them away. Mm. Like I never used them because yeah. I was for that perfect time to use my stickers. Like people say, like drink your best champagne on your worst Tuesday or someone uh, says something like that. Yeah. So I've been like implementing that in her life. And it kind of... Kind of like parallels with what you were saying about like, don't wait for that perfect time to start something because it's, it's probably not going to happen. So start it on, you know, one of your bad days. Cause then when life does get a little better or the day is better, it will seem easier. So yeah, you already have the foundation at that point. Yeah. Well, Kat, thank you so much for joining me today. It was really fun meeting you. Yeah. I had a great time. You're awesome. So to everyone, go get a cookbook. Big Bites comes out January 23rd probably everywhere books are sold so look Mm -hmm. out for that and you're amazing thank you so much for joining me Kat thank you for having me don't forget to connect with me in the podcast online at moms who create podcast and at Kelly Heil I hope you enjoyed this episode I will see you next week with another amazing mom